Hello, hello. Whoever is listening out there. I don't know if anyone's listening, but... Again, I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing this for... For anyone else. I'm doing this for me because... Anyways, I have my own reasons. Um, So I started talking about Ramadan and how Ramadan brings all these memories of what happened six years ago. Uh, So I think yesterday I stopped where we went to my cousin's house, to my grandfather's house, Beit Sidi. Um, And I I was talking about how awful everything has been and how we were all cooped up in this small room hiding most of the time. And if we're not hiding that small room, we're glued to the TV watching the news or listening to the news. So, after we left our house and we went to Beit Sidi, my grandfather's house, the day we left, they targeted uh, the, the electricity cables. They bombed those. So, the day we left, the whole area just went dark. No electricity for a few days, more than a few days. I think it was like a week or two weeks. Lucky for us, we weren't there when that happened. We evacuated our house for the first time and we left. We went hiding. So I remember, I remember just watching the TV day in and day out, listening to the news day in and day out. Until finally they announced a ceasefire. Like, yes, I can go back to my own house. Like, finally. So when they announced the ceasefire, it was for three days ceasefire. 72 hours, I think, they announced it. And then the day of the ceasefire... My brother and I went back to the house. When we went back to the house, the unimaginable happened. No, it's not bombing. It's coming though. Because they bombed the electricity cables and the whole area went dark. And everything in the fridge, the freezer, the food, so it was spoiled, rotten for two weeks in the heat with no electricity. So I, I bet you can imagine the smell and all the creatures that started to grow. And of course, because I'm the girl, it falls upon me to clean up everything. It took me four effing hours to clean that thing. Four hours. I've cleaned it. I've scrubbed with Clorox. And like. It was clean. After four hours it was clean. Now after I was done. Cleaning up the kitchen. Throwing everything out. We threw 
everything out. Everything was rotten. We cleaned up everything. When I say we, I mean me. I cleaned up everything. And yes, I've cleaned up everything alone. I'm a girl. God forbid my brother helps me. Anyway, that's a topic for another day. So after um, I was done cleaning up everything, I, was, I started to think, okay, now I need to think of what should I take with me to my grandfather's house again? Because it's a ceasefire. It's only, it's going to last for three days and we're back at it after three days. So I need to think. I need to take some clothes. I need to take some, like, I it was like, I was all over the place. I was just looking in my closet and I was like making decisions. Okay, I need to take this. I need to take that. No, I cannot take this. And I just started packing. And then... I looked at, like, I had a small library with books, of course, library books. And I just took everything. I took all the books. Because for the life of me, I cannot just sit there another day just watching the news. And I just I just couldn't do it again. So I just packed, packed up all the books. And then that night... No bombing, nothing. It was quiet. I think it was the first night in a very long time I actually slept. Sure, I woke up in the middle of the night like nightmares, but it was quiet. So for the next couple of days, it was quiet. And then... At the end of the ceasefire, they announced that they didn't agree on anything and were back at it. So we had to leave the house again. So we left the house again and we went back to my grandfather's house. The same thing happened again. We were glued to the TV, watching the news, listening to the news. The whole night, the whole day. And it's Ramadan, so of course we're fasting. But for me, I just couldn't sit in front of the TV and... Just watch and listen to the news the whole night and the whole day. So I couldn't do it. I would find a small quiet corner just for me. I would pick one of my books. I would sit and read. I would read and read. I've read a million little pieces. I've read The Bright Side. I've read my friend Leonard. And I would just read. I read a couple of books for Agatha Christie. I love her. She's awesome. So I would just sit there and read and, and I was like, I couldn't put the book down. It's not, it's not because the books were amazing, like they were amazing, don't get me wrong. Because I couldn't deal with whatever in that room. I couldn't deal with whatever is happening. I remember this one day I was sitting, I was reading one of my books and I heard yelling. And they were calling for one of my cousins and his wife. Like, I just ran. I went back into the house. And then they were telling my cousin's wife, they were telling her, they bombed the area where your family lives. And they mentioned a couple, couple people who died. She was standing there in front of the TV and then when she saw the area name 
And then they started talking about the people who've been bombed, who've been killed. She just collapsed. And we were trying to hold her up, but we couldn't hold her up. She just collapsed. And she was shaking. And her husband, my cousin, he took his phone and he called her brother. He, like, the brother didn't pick up. So, of course, she would assume the worst. Oh, my God, he's dead. Oh, my God, my brother is dead. And she started crying. And we're trying to calm her down. Like, my cousin couldn't deal with her crying. So, he was, like, yelling at her. He was telling her, just, please stop. Let me make sure. He tried the brother again. He picked up the second time. He said, we're fine, we're all fine. Like her mom, dad, sisters, brothers, they were all fine. They did bomb that area. People did die, but not from her family. She was so relieved, she couldn't believe it. And she insisted on talking to her mom and dad. They were fine. For a few moments, she couldn't, she couldn't stand up on her own. We had to hold her up. We had to support her for just a few moments until she gathered herself. And then she went into her bedroom and she locked the door. I can't, I cannot just imagine what went through her head at that time. That was not easy. And I remember through it all, my dad called me every day to make sure that I'm okay. Yeah, I lived, like I said in my last podcast, that um, I was in Gaza uh, with my brother, just the two of us. Because we went there to finish our university and then uh, we'll join our family. My whole family is was, uh, at that time, still is, living in UAE. United Arab Emirates. So my dad would call me and he was like checking checking up on me. Hey, how are you? How's it going? Like every day I would say, it's good, it's good, it's good. Yeah, we're good, yeah, we're good. Everything is good, everything is good. Because I know he's on the other side watching the news and he's terrified. Of course I couldn't tell him that I'm scared. Of course I couldn't say anything. Like, it's fine, it's good, it's good. Yeah, we're having fun with my cousins. Yeah, it's so fun. I remember this one day. I remember this one day after 40 days. 40 effing days of bombing and the insomnia. Waking up, freaking out in the middle of the night because they bombed an area nearby or because they bombed somewhere close and the whole house was shaking. I remember after 40 fucking days, my dad called me and he was like, hey, how are you? How's it going? I told him I'm done. I can't take it anymore. I can't even pretend. I cannot take it. I told him I cannot take this anymore. I am done. My dad, he was like, what's wrong? Like, you're not having fun with your cousins? I was like, no, this is not fun. This is not my idea of fun. Then he's like, your cousins, are they doing anything to you? I was like, they don't have to do anything to me. 
My cousins are fine. They're nice. They're super nice. But I cannot do this anymore. It's not because of them. It's because of what's happening. Like, look where am I living right now? Look what's happening. I'm sure you're watching the news. I'm sure you know everything. Just he couldn't say anything. For about five minutes, we were just that silent. He couldn't say anything. He didn't know what to say to me. And I don't know what to say. So after five minutes of silence, I told him, it's fine. I'm fine. Just everything's fine. Everything is okay. Everything is sunshine and rainbows. And then he was like, okay, then take care of yourself and good night. That was the last time he called me. After that, he would call my brother to check up on us. He never called me after that. He couldn't deal with whatever is happening. And he couldn't deal with me just bursting out. So he stopped calling me. He stopped checking up on me. He would just call my brother and check, check with him. Like, I think for 40-something days, I held it together, like, pretty well. And I had one outburst. Because I couldn't take it anymore. So, anyways. Um, after after we went back, after the ceasefire, we went back to my grandfather's house. And they went back at it, back at it again, bombing and... All the shit things happened again. After a while, they announced another ceasefire. So, of course, we went back to our house. We, we, we went back to the house, and then after three days, no more ceasefire. We went back to my grandfather's house after... A week or so, they announced another ceasefire, so we went back to our own house. And then this time, after the ceasefire ended, I told my brother, I am not going, I'm not leaving the house. If I'm gonna die, I wanna die here. I cannot just keep going back and forth and being terrified here and terrified there. Like, I would rather stay in my own home. I'm not going back there. I told him, you're free to go. You don't want to stay. I'm not asking you to stay. You can just go. I'm fine on my own. I am not leaving this house. I made it clear that I'm not leaving the house. My brother went to my uncle's. He talked to my uncle's. He told him that Arij refuses to go. She doesn't want to leave the house. What should I do? My uncle came to the house. I just locked myself in my room and I said, no, I'm not leaving the house. I am not going anywhere. You want to leave? You're free to leave. Of course, they were telling me it's not safe. The whole area, it's not safe. We must leave. You must find refuge in a safe place. We have to leave. I was like, you're free to leave. I'm not asking you to stay. You leave. I'm staying. I'm dying here. What's the difference between here and there if I'm... If I meant to die, if, if I, whatever, it will happen here or there. I rather have it happens here. I am not leaving the house. I remember I was willing to die. 
I could not take it anymore. My uncle left. After half an hour of trying to convince me, he just left. They had to leave because they wouldn't have enough time. The ceasefire was almost up and they had to leave. My brother left as well. He left the house. I don't know where he went. He just left the house. And then when he left, I went out of my room. I had my headphones on. And I was blasting the music and I was... I wasn't singing along, I was shouting along. I was trying to block out the sounds, block out everything that's happening around me. And then the next thing, I remember my brother tapping me on the shoulder and I I remember I jumped because I was like home alone, what's happening? And I jumped and then he handed me the phone and he was like, dad wants you. So I took the phone, I put the phone to my ear, and Dad was like, please leave. I told him, no, I'm not leaving. If, if I'm going to die, I want to die here. I'm not leaving, I'm not going anywhere. I'm sick of this, I'm done. I want to die here. My dad was silent for a couple of seconds, and he said, don't leave for you, leave for me. It was like, don't leave for you. Leave for me. Leave for my sake. What do you think will happen to me if something, anything happens to you? When I heard that, I just started sobbing like a kid. And then I said, fine, I'm leaving. We'll go. So we packed our things again and we went back to my grandfather's house again. And then we're back at the same thing, watching the news, listening to the news. And I remember this one night, like all nights seems, all of them seem to be just like the same thing. Like we're stuck in a loop, we're doing the same thing every single night. We're watching the news, we're listening to the news. It's Ramadan, so... We were staying up the whole night. We'll eat suhoor and then go back to watching the news. We'll sleep for a couple of hours, but then we're back to the news. Except that one night. Except for that one night. I still remember that night. After suhoor, my cousins left the house. They went to the mosque to pray. And then the whole house started shaking. They bombed somewhere nearby. We We were terrified. My cousins went out there. And we were waiting. And my other cousins, they just wanted to wear their abaya and just go looking for them. This is not the solution. We, we waited and kept on waiting and hoping that they're safe, nothing happens to them. After a few, not a few moments, it felt like forever. One of my cousins came home. 
who was drenched in blood. They were walking to the mosque when they targeted someone right in front of them. And when they killed him, they tried to they tried to help him. But they couldn't help him. He he was in pieces. They were trying to help him, but he was dead the moment he was hit. My other cousins came home. They were all safe. Thank God they were all safe. But they were all drenched in blood. I remember all four of them walking into the house looking like that. For me, that was, that was enough. Like, I remember that night when I saw them, I was, I froze. I couldn't move. I couldn't, just the sight of them, drenched in blood.